What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 228 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck, and I'm your host and guide through said podcast, and um, haven't got a whole lot to report to you, if I'm completely honest. It's been all quiet on the Western Front gig-wise. Uh, I went to, I attended the last gig, well, my last gig of the year, uh, a couple of weeks ago when I went and saw the fantastic Ethel Kane up in London. Um, she was phenomenal and like the crowd was just wild. Like, I was not expecting her fans to be as fanatical as, as they really were. Like people were like flowing, flowing, throwing her flowers, um, giving her gifts and things like that. It was wild. And like, you can really see why she's been like tipped to be like a huge sensation because like just from from that crowd alone like was wild and that was a uh heaven in london i don't i don't know the capacity but there was a good couple of thousand people there so yeah that was really cool um apart from that just sort of winding down on ahead to to christmas um but i thought we'd get one more guest on on the show before we wrap things up with our annual albums of the year with my brother which we'll be doing once again um so that'll be out in the week between Christmas and New Year. Um, but to, to end things off in terms of a guest, this week we are joined by vocalist and guitarist of uh, London-based hardcore band Shooting Daggers, uh, Sal. Sal was very much kind enough to take some time out of their time to have a, a little chat with me um, and discuss all things Shooting Daggers, how growing up in a small mountain city in, in France was kind of like they were the only sort of like goth alternative person and how that kind of influenced them and, and sort of shaped their formative years. Um, what it was like to come to London and trying to start a band and now how kind of shooting daggers are kind of carving their own own path and sort of creating their own spaces and almost also kind of manifesting things they like as a band, they want to push things as far and wide as they can. So yeah, this was a really cool chat. So please sit back enjoy the chat i have with sal and i'll see you on the other side um but yeah how is everything how's everything going at the moment with with shooting daggers and everything i'm good we're we're like writing an album at the moment so we're taking a break from gigs and stuff we're just yeah we are saying writing new songs and stuff like that, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, we'll we'll get into like everything in detail in, in a little bit. But obviously, like I don't know for like from an outsider looking in, it kind of felt like this year was kind of like a bit of a breakout year for for you as a band. So did it feel like that, like being within it, sort of thing? Yeah, I think it did feel like that because we we literally started last year in August or in early yeah. September. And we did so many great gigs in a year. Like that wasn't not expected. It was good, honestly. Like we we've been lucky. And obviously, like I don't know. Like from obviously, again, like from an outside perspective, like I I kind of I'd seen the name around, and then obviously like the the EP kind of came out and things like that. And like as you said, like it's things have ha- have happened quite quickly. So I don't I don't know. Like, do you just feel? feel like things have kind of just slotted into place like quite naturally for for you um i don't yeah i think playing with emma the sniffers really really helped like 
Yeah. Yeah. I think we like getting this gig. Then people, like, yeah, in such a big venue, I think it was in the electric ballroom, and it was sold out. Uh, yeah, we played with Chubby and the Gang too that night. And I think, yeah, from there, people started to know who we were and ask us to ask us to play like bigger gigs. And then, mm. yeah, it just increased every time. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what happened. But obviously, <laughs> yeah. like we we like we work a lot. To be fair, like we're always doing stuff, and we're a bit too serious sometimes. Like, yeah, a bit too serious. How do you mean? Um, like we will think about everything like so much like i don't know every detail we just think about it a lot we right okay yeah, yeah, yeah. we trying to plan things and like be consistent and stuff like that and i yeah, think we've yeah. been consistent but yeah now we're a bit more chill because we're trying to do this album but i yeah. think yeah we we did put a lot of work too that's cool yeah well before we kind of get into like the the real sort of like nitty-gritty of, of shooting daggers i always kind of like to take my guests back to their their sort of like roots and their origins of like how they kind of got into music and everything yeah. so what kind of like started you off on on your path in like alternative and punk music what was your introduction to it um for me it was like kind of it wasn't usual because i i'm french and i'm i was born in the high alps like in the mountains okay, yeah, yeah. and i grew up there until i was 18 basically right. and that was the biggest city like i lived in the biggest city in the whole state and it was such a small like such a small city i yeah. literally grew up in a yeah in a shithole i don't know if i can say that <laughs> but... <laughs> and so yeah i didn't know any punks or any uh, like metal heads there was no one like this just like some some basically some homeless people that they, they were the only alternative people right in my, okay. in my city and then yeah one day i think when i was like 13 I went to a summer camp and I met new friends from Paris and they were like alternative and they were listening to like, um, who, who they were listening to? They were listening to like Sleeping With Sirens. Yeah. Um, like that kind of emo stuff. Yeah, and yeah. They got me into it. And then after the summer camp, I dyed my hair red and my mom was like, oh, are you going to turn goth? You need to tell me if you, <laughs> <laughs> you need to tell me if you're turning into goth. And, and I was like, no, mom. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what happened for me. And then I started listening to like, yeah, like anarcho-punk and then alcore. And I mean, it changed a lot and it's still changing now. But yeah. yeah, that's how I got into it, which is not really usual. And I was like one of yeah. the only one in my whole city being like alternative at the time. Okay. And when, when I go back to my parents, now I see so many metal heads and so many punks in the city. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird because I was literally like one of the only one. Yeah, time. yeah. So was that like obviously being like the only person, well, one of the only people yeah. that like, as you say, was kind of like dressing alternatively and and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you kind of like thrive on that kind of like being different, or w were you kind of like the one that stood out from the crowd kind of thing? Um, I think I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I like I used to be quite normal. Let's say I don't know. I just didn't really have. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you mean. Yeah, I, I just didn't really have any. I don't know, like anything that stood out from anyone else. Yeah. And I didn't really like my. I mean, yeah, my friends at the time. I didn't really like them. And I don't know. There's just something I just wanted to get. Yeah, to have a change in my life. I think at this moment. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think when I, I mean, I always yeah, I was like 
different stuff but when i started to listen to punk and looking like a punk yeah uh, yeah that was great like I, yeah my my fake friends were not my friends anymore and i started to have real <laughs> friends yeah which was great and yeah honestly it was just a new beginning and i think i just found myself better like i just yeah, found myself yeah. yeah yeah and obviously you mentioned that obviously like that you kind of got introduced to it when you went to that that camp and then you kind of like discovered all the different types of, of genres and things like that so how were you kind of like discovering like anarcho-punk and hardcore and things like that were, were people showing you or were you kind of actively like seeking it out uh yeah uh, yeah some people at this camp were more like anarcho yeah anarchists and like punk right yeah they were more anarchists than emo kind of alternative people and yeah so these friends showed me the the like anarchist stuff and yeah that's how I got into it and then I started to go to gigs when I was like 14 or something yeah and I just really liked it and I think now I don't like it as much anymore like the, the music I like the message I like the the ideas and stuff but like the music mm. itself I just don't really vibe as much as I used to yeah yeah, yeah. that's how I got into but, it oh sorry go on no sorry I just said yeah that's how I got into it yeah but so like i guess like from there as you say like going to gigs and things like that i guess the more you kind of got into it was it that you were like sort of like wanting to like research bands and and learn more about bands and and then kind of like offshooting from that that's how you kind of discovered like hardcore and things like that yeah i think so I i think i just met people at festivals and stuff and then they were my friends and then sent me yeah they sent me some bands and that's how I discovered Arcore. But I think I, I started to listen to Arcore in 2016 or something like that. I feel like it was kind of the right. peak of Arcore music at, the, yeah. at this time. I don't, I don't know. I mean, in my experience, it was. And everybody was listening to Beatdown and Arcore. And now I feel like Beatdown yeah, yeah. is not really a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so as you say, like growing up in, in a sort of like a city that you were kind of like the only person yeah. that was maybe into that sort of thing um but then having this this group of friends and you said going to going to gigs so was it were you having to travel to to find shows and things like that or what was there kind of like things happening locally how did you kind of discover that side of things um yeah so basically where i lived there was literally nothing and at the time i had the boyfriend that lived in a bigger city right so i was going yeah i was going to he was also a punk so so I was going to his city to go to gigs or like sometimes I was traveling two hours to go mm. see like, yeah, some very shitty local bands. Honestly, they were really bad. Like some, <laughs> some death metal bands from high schoolers, you know, like that kind of things. But at the time I was so excited to see even like live music because there was none of it in where I grew up. I mean, there was some yeah. like old jazz, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it was yeah, happening, yeah. but basically nothing. And so, yeah, I had to travel and I met people like all around France, to be fair. Like my parents let me go a bit and like everywhere around France. So I was lucky mm. and I was doing lots, like lots of carpooling, like just going. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Going a bit everywhere. Lots of trains and my parents yeah, always trusted me. So I was really lucky. And yeah, I met more and more people. And then, yeah, that's how that's how I, yeah, I did to see the gigs and stuff like that. Yeah. So what what was kind of like your, I guess... Because as you say, there's no, if there wasn't anything in like your city itself, yeah. what would you have considered like 
what was your local scene like what was the city that you were going to on a regular basis um i guess yeah i guess it changed over the years Mm. um i had bands when i was in my small small city i was in the christian black metal band at some point oh wow okay yeah because yeah there was not many alternative people and yeah like i started a band in the city like in a city that was like 45 minutes from my city yeah and yeah it was called death and kitty it was kind of like alternative metal and we were yeah like basically all girls i mean the drummer was a uh, is a boy but yeah and then i had this other back my old band <laughs> that is still going on but i'm not christian oh, wow, okay i'm not christian though but yeah <laughs> i just sang in it and, yeah and yeah but that was basically the same people like all the bands i had in this yeah in this city were all the same people but with different yeah different kind of music yeah but like i guess what i meant is like what was the the city that you were like traveling to most regularly to go to shows and things like that um yeah i was going to like a city called grenoble yeah um, yeah yeah and marseille as well because i lived in yeah i used to live in southeast of france so yeah marseille and Grenoble and um also like where when I used to be with my ex-boyfriend uh I was traveling to La Rochelle which is like yeah. west and yeah like Nantes um Toulouse Toulouse has such a, a sick scene like they used mm. to have a very cool festival called uh, Extreme Fest okay um uh, but now I don't know now I don't like it as much anymore I think they <laughs> yeah. they have some issues going on and I think a lot of people don't go there anymore for some uh, okay. political reasons. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, Toulouse is probably the best city for punk, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So then you mentioned, obviously, like, you had those those smaller bands when um, in your city and stuff. But in terms of you starting to learn and, and playing music, obviously, we know you as, as doing vocals and, and playing guitar and shooting daggers. But... Was was guitar always the thing that you were drawn to, or did you kind of start off with with something else and then sort of gradually get get to mm. guitar? What was your kind of entry point in actually playing music? Uh, I like the I like this question. It's cool. Um, yeah, because basically, I think I I always wanted to sing. Like it's okay. always like so. Was yeah. Oops, sorry, someone's calling me. I just need to turn off my phone. That's alright. Uh, so yeah, uh, I always wanted to sing and i didn't yeah i i sang a lot in my life like i did opera for a bit oh wow (laughs) okay yeah and i yeah i was singing like yeah a lot for my life and i always wanted to be a singer like that was my my goal since always yeah and yeah that's it and then i I started to learn guitar because i wanted to i wanted to play i wanted to sing and play at the same time yeah like i've never really been into guitar in the first place even now like i'm trying to get more into it yeah and i think yeah practicing like I practice more and more and now I, I kind of like it but it's not my instrument to be fair like I think singing is more of my instrument yeah yeah, yeah. so then you you said obviously like doing kind of opera and stuff so so have have you had like actual like vocal training and things like that yeah yeah I, I did have a lot of vocal training and I think I was good I mean I was good people were saying that I was good <laughs> yeah. and yeah that's a bit of a shame because with Shing Daggers I, I, I scream a lot I don't sing yeah. a lot but we're planning on yeah adding more singing which would be great for me yeah yeah so do you think that that's kind of like 
I know obviously it's different techniques and, and different things like that, but do you think that having that kind of like more formal like training and stuff has maybe helped you with with how you're kind of like, as you say, like shouting and stuff in shooting daggers? Mm, no, I don't think it helped. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like I tried so many, because I tried for years and years to scream, like to learn how to shout and scream. I even put, yeah. um, you know, this CD called The Zen of Screaming. It's, yeah 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 like i bought yeah i bought these i i tried everything i couldn't i always hurt my voice even now i still like i don't use i don't have a proper technique which is a bit of a right. shame and yeah i never really learned and i think i just yeah i just shouted at during rehearsals and at some point i found something that was okay sounding i guess so i just kept going with that yeah but i can tell that it was yeah it's damaging my voice though because when we're going on tour and stuff i lose my voice so easily um my voice didn't used to be that low it just got retired i think so it's not really good <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah that's why we're planning on like yeah i think more singing because it's gonna yeah. be better for the like long term as well because i don't think i could scream and tour more than i don't know twice a year which is not yeah good, yeah you know. So in terms in terms of like the kind of like earlier stuff like you like you say like doing like the opera and and wanting to like be as a singer so to say were you kind of like doing like performances and stuff with with that before you kind of like shifted into playing guitar? Yeah, we were doing like end of the year shows and stuff like that with the yeah like with the singing teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I did playing an opera too uh i mean i was thinking in an opera like in a yeah in an opera and playing mm. but yeah I did, I did quite a lot to be fair because uh, i think i started my lessons when i was probably 10 and then i stopped when i was like 17 so i did right uh, okay I, and i had bands in between so I, yeah i did perform quite a lot before did, did, do you kind of miss any part of it at all yeah i do miss it i do miss it yeah i don't know it just it was such a vibe but um, yeah yeah it's just because i was yeah a child and we were I don't know it was just a good thing to be on stage and all the parents were you know like yeah li listening to you I don't know I love being on stage yeah so, yeah and could like obviously as you you just mentioned obviously because of the way you're kind of performing now in in shooting daggers obviously that has affected your your voice to some extent but I don't know is it kind of like muscle memory would you like if somebody, I know you'd have to like warm up and, and do a bit of practice and whatever, yeah. but if somebody was to say, oh, oh, I've got this opera show, do you want to be a part of it? Would you be able to like slip back into it? I think I could, but I would need to practice a bit. I've not, <laughs> yeah. I've not done it in years, but yeah, I think I could though. And I, I think cool. I want to, like if someone asked me, I would say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's something you should do. <laughs> including the next album it's like a bit of an operatic solo or something. i mean that could be cool to be fair that would be kind of sick <laughs> <laughs> so then obviously like when you did kind of introduce the guitar yeah. side of things were you like straight away leaning the more alternative side of things or i i don't know like in my head i've got this thing that you were trying to be like singer songwritery sort of style mm. or am i way off the mark no, I think when I started, I was doing like Hallelujah covers and stuff like that. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I wasn't even into punks yet. I think I started when I was like 11 or something to play guitar. And yeah. I was just doing, yeah, like maybe like the cranberries was the heaviest thing I was doing. 
Right, okay. But yeah, like Hallelujah or like basic, basic stuff that everybody does, yeah. like basic covers. And yeah, that's how I started. So then tell me through, how did you kind of get from, from there to like forming, as you say, like those kind of like early like Christian black metal bands and things? Like what, what was the kind of transition? Um, I don't, yeah, I think it was just because like then I became a, a punk and then... I started this band called like Death and Kitty, which was yeah, alternative metal, which was a good band to be fair. It wasn't that bad. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't great because obviously we were <laughs> 15 and and yeah, that was probably all like that was my first band, so obviously we're not great. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, so I started with this band and then I don't know, I just met more people that asked me to sing on this black metal band but i literally just sang on the demo and that's it like i didn't play with them or anything but yeah 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 so yeah that's how i got into it to be fair like i yeah it was just meeting the few people that were alternative in my in my state mm. and yeah that's how i got into it and so you were you just doing purely vocals at, at this point um on the christian black metal band yeah yeah. Uh, on the on Death and Kitty, I was doing like a very few chords um, in the band, and there was another guitarist. So I wasn't I wasn't really playing guitar. I was just like, yeah, sometimes doing some chords, but I, right, I was kind okay. of useless to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And obviously, in t- in terms of like the 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 black male band, obviously you mentioned it being sort of like Christian, and you said you're you're not Christian yourself, but yeah. did you have like a a religious upbringing at all or, or not really um not not really not religious. no so was it just kind of like ha- just happenstance that that was like the alternative band that was around and they yeah. asked you to do it sort of thing yeah exactly they, they were my friends i mean yeah some of them were my friends and they played with like some of the members were from death and kitty so they were from right, the band okay. that was over by then and they just asked me if i could sing on a, on their demo and they literally just gave me the text and they put the music on and I did just one take for every song. Just oh, wow. The, yeah, but that was kind of, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, that was just kind of the process they wanted to do. Like, yeah, they gave me the paper. I didn't know the lyrics or anything. They put the music on. I just, yeah, shouted the thing and that's it. Like, it just took us an afternoon and that's all I did with this band. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, apparently, it got some nice feedback. I don't know. But yeah, people are, they're still playing. Yeah, um, they're called Bovari. Bovari. Okay. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, yeah. So then, obviously, like from from there, like when did you kind of, I guess, like I guess, sort of like break out of of like your your city, like your smaller city, to to exploring like wider bands and like joining other bands. Like, what was the the steps from from there then? Mm, yeah um so yeah i i was really bored in my small city and i always wanted to leave like yeah i, I mean I, I liked it but it was kind of dead so obviously i wanted to go some to a big city and have a band yeah. that was kind of my goal like i always wanted to make music so i wanted to go to a big city find people to have a band with and start a band and so that's what happened like i moved to london and then right, okay. i found the people and and yeah, now here we are. <laughs> so, so you you didn't kind of go anywhere else, like within France. You just went straight from from there to to London. 
I lived in Australia for a bit before. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Like after, yeah, when I was 18, I lived in Australia for a year. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of how we got the gig with Emma the Sniffers because I met some people there and then I was at the New Crossing in London and I met a yeah. girl in the bathroom that was friend with Amy. And right, okay. she was friend with some of my friends in Australia. So we, we had friends in Compton. Yeah. And then I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, if Emma the Sniffers come to London, like, yeah, just, you know, tell her. And she did. And that's how we got the game. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't even know this girl. So it's kind of sick. All, yeah. all happening in the New Cross Inn toilet. Yeah. which is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. You always meet the best people in the bathroom. Like in the girls' bathroom. Yeah. It's the <laughs> yeah. best. It's the best. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, you'll always hear, like, jokes and stuff about that. Like, what goes on in, in a woman's, like, toilet sort of thing. But there you go. Yeah, Gigs that's what made. goes on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, though. Yeah, I feel like if you try to network, sometimes it just doesn't work. Like it happens when it happens. Yeah, it yeah. It's been natural. So, what were you doing out on in Australia? Were you just like there, sort of like traveling, experiencing things? And yeah, because I kind of like it was the same from for London. So basically, I wanted to leave my city. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to Australia because I used to be a lot into like skate punk. Yeah. And so I went there to work basically and trying to find people to have a band, but it kind of it wasn't really it's to be fair yeah um, yeah yeah i just stayed for a year plus like you can't stay there forever like you you know there's a um tourist visa you can't you can stay yeah, for a yeah. year but yeah that's about it so it was a bit complicated yeah um, so did you go from from australia to to the uk or did you go back to france and then the uk no i went back to france for a bit yeah yeah i started skating when i went back to oh, france okay cool yeah, it was great. And I broke my wrist <laughs> like oh, a month after after starting skateboarding. I, I broke my wrist and I wrote my first zines as well, which was great. Right. But um, and, and then after a couple of months, I, I went to London. Yeah. yeah. So how did you get into like skateboarding and stuff? Uh, yeah, because I used to live in Australia and everybody there skates. And like in Sydney, so many people skate. And I met people that skated, and that's it. I feel like every time it's the same story. I meet people and I do what they do. <laughs> like I, I literally, but yeah, it's never my decision. It's just I'm influenced by people. And yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But that's that's the thing. Like I think I'm kind of similar, but it's, it sounds more like you're influenced by people and do the thing, whereas I'm influenced by people, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're better at this than me, so I'm gonna let you do it, sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not good at skating, so it doesn't mean, you know, I'm just <laughs> shit at skating. I do it, but I can't do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 I, I get what you mean. Um, But I guess, I guess, like, from that, kind of, like, because you said, like, you were also kind of into, like, the skate punk sort of, sort of like, scene for, for a little while. So, I don't know, has that kind of, like, all part and parcel, like, influenced, like, what has kind of molded you as as a musician in some aspects um i don't i mean i don't really see it for shooting daggers yeah because yeah i feel like i got into hardcore after i was into skate punk so it was more my hardcore phase that influenced shooting daggers yeah uh but yeah i think skate punk definitely influenced me to start skating too <laughs> yeah 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 and it, like i don't know because Obviously, I think, like, there are some, like, crossovers with, like, 
skate culture mm-hmm. and punk culture and, and things like that. So I don't know, have you found like by occupying that space as someone that does skate, but is also into like punk and hardcore that like you've been able to see like your band maybe cross over some lines and things like that? Um, no, I don't think we cross over with that kind of thing. But okay. I do think that we might cross over with metal more. Right, okay. Because my drummer is like used to be in bands called um, Surya and Prismata. Prismata. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, do metal and yeah, metal bands. And she's really influenced by metal in general. Yeah. And yeah, or even like uh, post hardcore because my, my bassist is really into, my bass player is really into, yeah, post hardcore stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So then, obviously, you say you come over to to the UK, and like, I don't know. Obviously, was was like forming a band always like top of your agenda, sort of thing. Yeah, I think when I moved here, that was like the number one priority. And mm. I moved here in two thousand eighteen in October, and in December I, I had the band. I had the band. Oh it wow! Was... Very that's very quick. Yeah, but I was literally like I had I didn't know anyone, so I was just looking everywhere on internet. Like I was just yeah posting on apps and stuff like that on Facebook groups, um, and I was going to gigs alone a lot as well. And I think yeah. I would never do that now because now I kind of feel more self conscious than I used to. Like before, I, I don't know. Why. Oh okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because I was I don't know why I don't know, but I was just talking to everybody at gigs. Um, I didn't feel ashamed to post that kind of things on on the internet, like looking for people and stuff. I feel like now I would think about it a lot. Like I would feel a bit more self-conscious about, yeah, yeah. like about, I don't know, my, my internet presence or even at gigs that like I don't talk to many people. And I used to yeah. Yeah, be the, the opposite. I think it helped. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So was that how you, the three of you kind of came came to be was that it was just like searching for through the internet put like posting things yeah. out and just seeing who would kind of latch on yeah that's how it happened like i found bea so the bass player of string daggers I, I found her on um an app called band mix and okay didn't even know that existed yeah <laughs> and it's kind of shit because you have to i mean i don't know if i can cuss but it's gonna yeah yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of bad because you you have to pay for it to to like right. me- to message people or like well, I didn't pay for it, but um, I like Bea on her profile wrote her Facebook name like she wrote oh, like okay. FB in her full name, and I contacted her on Facebook. So I was lucky that she did that because I I couldn't have contacted her otherwise. Yeah, and that's how I found her. And then I think I posted on like UK Alcor or something like that, that we were looking for a drummer. And we found yeah. our previous drummer, Godinia, because we used to have another drummer. And right. we found him there. And yeah, that's how we we started the band. Yeah. So like when you were kind of like, I guess like searching for, for members and things, did you kind of have like a sound in, in mind of like what you wanted the band, band to be like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, Alcor for sure. And the, our previous yeah. drummer was really into beat down and Alcor. Um, yeah. Now he, he's, he's living in Portugal now, and I think he has another band, but I don't remember the name of the band. 
uh but yeah like i really like backtrack back in the days like i really yeah. liked it turnstile i still love turnstile but um yeah all that very hardcore like new york hardcore kind of thing yeah i really liked it so that was the beginning of shane daggers it was more yeah like yeah um, like new york hardcore kind of thing yeah and so like obviously when you kind of like first started sort of i guess like toying around and, and things like that like i don't know because obviously every band that i've been in has always been with like existing friends and and things like yeah. that so for for you obviously one going to like a completely new not just a new city but a new country yeah. as you say like not knowing anyone but knowing that you wanted to start a band and then meeting two complete strangers yeah. like i don't know like was it quite quite like an awkward thing at the beginning or did you just kind of instantly click um i, I think what the first time i met Ben, i was kind of awkward obviously like we were like i think we mm. went to the um, went to the black hearts to discuss about it yeah. like yeah talk about our influences and stuff that we wanted to do and stuff and and yeah the, our background and music but with Bea, we became like yeah best friend straight away almost like honestly yeah. yeah she's one of my best friends now and with Godinia same like we the first time was kind of weird because we yeah we literally booked a rehearsal room and we told him to learn a couple of covers and like I think we learned Torso repulsed by Torso nice and yeah. and another song by Gallows I think uh yeah and that's how that's the first time we saw Godinia was at a rehearsal room and yeah. yeah it's such a sweetheart so yeah we clicked and we kept playing together and then obviously like because obviously before like we we started having this chat i asked you to to answer a couple yeah. of questions just about like your your influences and stuff like that and as you said like sound wise you were being influenced by sort of like new york hardcore backtrack turnstile and things like that but obviously now like where we are with what shooting daggers sounds like obviously a big part of of your sound is kind of like the message that you're talking about and like from it being from like a, a feminine feminist position um mm. position and, and things like that so i guess like going like looking backwards from when shooting daggers started was that always like something that you wanted to touch upon like lyrically or has that been an idea that's kind of developed over time um i don't know i feel like it's just like we had to write lyrics and that's what came into my mind i guess <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> obviously yeah. like yeah i think it does impact me a lot like being a woman in a yeah i mean all of us now because we're all women uh yeah it does impact us a lot to be women in male scenes so I think it just mm. came naturally, but at the same time, we really like Gloss as well. We had influences like Riot Girl. We all love Riot Girl, and Gloss is yeah one of our favorite bands as well. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's that's yeah. I just we just had to talk about it because we we felt like it basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned then obviously like being like women in a sort of male dominated scene, and I think like as much as it has got better over years it's unfortunately still is very much like there's still like a macho like 
tough guy element to hardcore and stuff. So I guess like even bef- maybe before like shooting daggers was was a thing, and like you say you were attending shows and things like that. Did you kind of find it difficult to like maybe occupy that space? And have you maybe become more comfortable with it now that you are in a in a punk and hardcore band? Um, I think I used to be more comfortable with it because I was a bit crazy back in the days. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. going into the pit <laughs> and stuff, enough. but now I don't go into the pit anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's. I think it's it's better than it was in 2018 for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's still happening because obviously, like people still wanna, like if you don't tell people to take less space to to have so everyone can dance they wouldn't do it by themselves but Mm. yeah but i think if you tell them people listen and i don't know if back in the days they would have done that yeah 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 and because i obviously in in that like i guess again again kind of like that that idea of you coming to like a a new city in a new country sort of thing like that can obviously be intimidating on it on its own but then like like london hardcore it's itself like obviously has its own like subsectors and and things like that but like there's very much like embedded in it like there's a lot of like old heads who are, are very much like still going to shows and things like that there's still like the the beat down kids who love to crowd kill and, and things like that. So I don't know, like, and I know you said like you used to get in the pit a lot more than you do now sort of thing, but I don't know, like as you've kind of like maybe got more comfortable in, in London itself sort of thing, has your perspective of, of like being like women in hardcore sort of changed than maybe it w- was when you first like came to the UK? Um, um, I don't know. Uh, could you, could you rephrase it? I don't know how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. But like, yeah. So basically, like, do you have you found that? I guess because of the the space that shooting daggers now occupies, that like being like women in London hardcore specifically you feel more comfortable than maybe you did when you first came to the UK? Um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we're not really a part of London hardcore. I think we're just, yeah, okay. I think we're just hardcore and we are in London. Right, okay. <laughs> but but yeah, I kind of yeah. feel like we're not really, I don't know, not everybody rates us, obviously. Yeah. Because you can't, I mean, me too, I don't like every band in the, in the London <laughs> yeah. hardcore scene. But we don't really feel like we belong in the London hardcore. Like, like I don't know what kind of. I mean, I guess it depends what kind of hardcore. But not all the. How, how can I say that? Not all the hardcore of London. Like we're not part of all the hardcore in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And, um, so yeah, I kind of yeah. I feel like that's probably why I feel a bit a bit maybe less comfortable because. I don't know. I have a feeling that we're not necessarily part of this community, but it's not because of us. It's right. just because it's that, that that's just yeah. It's just because it, it's the way it is. Like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. just not friends with with yeah or or everyone uh, in the aqua scene. I mean, we don't know yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair enough. And obviously, like you, you mentioned, obviously, like now in the band, it's it's the three of you, all the, all three women. Um, and I thought it was quite interesting that, like, obviously, all three of you come from different backgrounds and different countries, but have all managed to sort of find a home in in London and in this band sort of thing. So, obviously, like with the the EP that came out this year and and things like that. And you've kind of mentioned like some of the bands that you've you've been influenced by, but I don't know, like this could be me completely yeah. projecting, but because obviously you've all come from different countries and, and have different upbringings and things like that. And obviously the stuff that you're talking about as women have different facets of like where the three of you have come from kind of like bled into what you're singing and what you're writing about. Yeah, I, I mean... I think it's more affected by our sound than about than by our lyrics. Right. Okay. Because yeah, I usually. I mean, we talk about that kind of stuff all the time, like the about yeah being a woman in a men's world or being queer uh, in a male's world. Mm. We talk about this all the time, a bit too much. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, the lyrics I mostly write them but yeah it's stuff that we talk about so um, yeah I, I feel like it does affect it but in the same time not really as we are not writing the lyrics together yeah 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 so it's, it's more kind of like the sonically yeah. sounding side of it rather than the lyrical yeah, fully. kind of things yeah um and then obviously like in terms of kind of the the lyrics and, and things like as you say, it's, it's something that you're kind of like talking about all the time as a band, but obviously it's like for women and for queers and things like that. It's a, it's really important for, I guess, listeners to to hear that as well. Um, and again, like you've you kind of in the questions that I asked you pr- prior to us having this this chat, like you said, one of the things that was kind of prominent was that kind of feeling of injustice and, and feeling of being mm. powerless. But I guess like, and again, this could be my, just how I've perceived it. So if I'm wrong, please mm. tell me. But like, obviously by putting that into your music, has that kind of like, I don't know, fueled some element of you gaining power back in terms of like, because it's giving you a platform to to say it out loud, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like it just yeah, it feels liberating, and it feels genuine mm. as well. Like I can tell it's been yeah, build up anger that was just like boiling inside, and and then yeah, it feels good to. I think it's great to shout how much. I mean, okay, this is a bit problematic, but uh, it feels great to shout how much I hate men, and and <laughs> That's not, that is not problematic <laughs> at all. Trust me. But it's kind of jokes because in the in the crowd there's so many men. Most of the time it's mostly men in the crowd. And it's kind of yeah, funny because yeah. they like they clap, they applaud and, so, and everything. And and I'm like, this is so funny. I'm literally like, yeah, insulting you, saying how much I hate you. And you guys are into it. This <laughs> yeah. is kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, I think they just like the anger, like they, which I like because I think they they can feel that it's it's true. And I think that's what they like about yeah. it. They really like that. Yeah, the real anger. And I think our core in punk is about anger and yeah so they really yeah. like it i think <laughs> yeah 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 
And on the flip side of that, because like, as you say, like you, you're very much like coming from a, a position of like, like women and queers. We've been like oppressed. We've been abused. We've gone through X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. And you're using the bands to to shout about it. And as you say, like it's that weird. Like there is that weird thing of like the thing you're shouting about is now yeah. cheering you on. But have you ever had it on the flip side that maybe people like men have approached you and been like, what you're saying's wrong, what you're saying's not fair, and confronted you about it? In any nah, way? never. Never happened. It never, <laughs> never happened, but we heard them like talking shit about, about us sometimes. Like we heard some, yeah, oh, like, really? we heard some bands or some men like talking, yeah, but like, oh my God, this band was a bit, a bit too much, you know, like a bit. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they would never stick to our face, which is, I can't, I, no, I don't no. mind to be fair, because like I can't be arsed to confront anyone. Like, yeah, 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 I can't be arsed. I don't like conflict. So, but that's that also just goes to show you the the cowardly side of of men, doesn't it? It's just that they're gonna <laughs> do it behind your back and wait. Until, but they'll probably, they'll probably, you know, the cliche meme of like, oh, good set, yeah. good set. It'll be that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think I've never he- I've never heard it. But because I'm, I don't know, I'm never, I'm a bit in my own, own head all the time, but my drummer definitely heard stuff and she's always like reporting everything to us, being like, oh yeah, these, these people, <laughs> this band said that. And, and we're like, oh, and, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of juicy. I like that. I like, I like gossips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you like oh, the yeah, gossip side it. of it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, even if it's about us, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's cool. Um, And the other thing that you kind of said that, like again when i asked you like stuff that influence influences you like your music is you kind of said like art and and literature and things like that so how is that is that kind of like how do you bring that into your your music and like again i guess with literature because what what i'm interested in is because obviously what you're like singing about is can sometimes be like quite on the nose and quite yeah. direct but is that being fueled by what you're reading and and things like that, or have you kind of ever used literature like to kind of influence your lyrics and things like that? How's that kind of worked? Um, I think when I wrote literature, I meant more like zine stuff or like lyrics in general. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I yeah. wish I wish it was proper literature though. I, I really wanna. <laughs> yeah, I really wanna have good words and you know have loads of vocabulary and stuff like that. I wish but um, no it's just more like zine stuff so i guess it's not really i don't know is it literature not really i mean yeah, yeah it's still literature at the end of the day isn't it so yeah i think that it's more that than the, like yeah novels or... but i guess like on that because like again like zines like are very like influential in in punk and hardcore and like there'll be certain things that like We'll, pick, we'll we'll talk about certain topics and there'll be zines that are on like like Riot yeah. Girl or on like the feminist movement or are on Straight Edge or what whatever that subject sub genre of hardcore will be yeah. sort of thing. And you mentioned obviously you, like yourself you you did zines and yeah. and things like that. So I don't know is it kind of like the the DIY aspect of that that you enjoy or like the kind of I guess underground side of, of it that, that you you enjoy about i things. think it's both um both of it like both of them 
And yeah, I think that's probably why the lyrics are very like straightforward because zines are really straightforward because yeah, just like yeah. regular people writing about whatever they want. And it's kind of, yeah, it's not yeah. really like, it's not like, um, I don't know how to say that. See, like I, I'm missing the words. I need to read more books. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that that is why the lyrics are so like, yeah, straightforward and kind of simple, let's say. Yeah. yeah. And then if we kind of move to, to where, like just before like the release of the EP. So obviously... I've, we've kind of mentioned obviously like the the lyrical content of it and things like that but obviously like musically like you are very influenced by well this is how it comes across to me anyway very influenced by the more kind of like traditional hardcore sort of sound of, of things and obviously you've kind of put your own spin and mm. twist on that and i think like it's interesting to me because I'm somebody that has grown up on hardcore. I fucking love it. Like I love all different iterations of it. But as as you said earlier, like you're kind of not necessarily in with the the general London hardcore crowd, but you've kind of found your crowd somewhere else, sort of thing. And it's I find it interesting that you're not kind of like more known within the hardcore mm. world so I don't, I don't know like have you found I guess one like since the release of the EP that maybe more people are sort of coming around to you guys a bit more and that that, that, that they're having the same thought as I am is like why aren't you on more like generic quote-unquote generic hardcore shows if that makes yeah. sense um I don't know I guess because I think it's just because we we don't know like we're yeah we're just not friends with them but not because we don't like them it's just because we don't yeah know them like we it's kind of weird because like, these people that I see in more yeah generic Arco shows bills like I see them all the time and stuff but I don't know it's just that we're yeah it's just that we're not friends or maybe maybe they are but yeah, yeah. I mean I have a feeling that there is they're still gatekeeping in a way and okay. And that I don't know actually I've got no clue cause, yeah it's just, it's just the way it is but it, there might be <laughs> there might be gatekeeping a bit I don't know I like to I like to think that because I don't really understand why or maybe it's just because in London people are kind of like in their own clique in their own yeah I think yeah, that's more yeah. that actually they're more with their friends and they don't really open up and if you want to get into their group of friends you need to be really close to one of them but otherwise it's kind of hard to get yeah, into yeah. the circle of the cool kids and let's say that like they are the cool kids and <laughs> yeah. we're not the part of it the part of it because we're all fucking weirdos then yeah yeah but yeah i don't know i think that's why we're not uh but i think people know us like they know us for sure actually because these people like i've got these people yeah. on instagram and stuff but we're not we're just not friends that's the that's the weird bit yeah we know yeah. each other we know our bands and we we might have even shared bills sometimes, but it's just never talked. It's kind of weird. I don't like that. To be fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But have you did you find like when the when the EP came out that maybe like people that hadn't like hadn't heard of Shooting Daggers before that point were now kind of like discovering you as a band and becoming a fan of yours, like off the back of this. I EP. think so because before that there was basically nothing we had the demo 
that actually I, I, I don't like it at all to be fair it sounds really rough right okay but it's still there it's, it's still there online but um, yeah I, I think definitely because before that we barely knew anyone and i think yeah like from from the ep we started to yeah reach way more people and yeah mm. yeah and because obviously like as i said you've kind of found like your own sort of like community and stuff like that maybe isn't the the quote-unquote traditional london hardcore crowd but like you've you seem to have like exist in this space that's like within like the more like queer core side of things and like the bills that you're playing do seem to be a lot more like um like diversity within the the bands that are playing and and, and stuff like that so i guess like in a way do you like do you think that you've found a better home in that crowd than like maybe struggling in in a a very male dominated subsection of it if that makes sense um, yeah a hundred percent i think i think there's like a new wave that is like rising up now with like yeah. bands like gender warfare um which are yeah like a queer core band from london or like yeah mm. so many so many bands or like death goals or yeah there's like a, a new i don't know i mean i, I hope and I kind of see it, a new wave of hardcore, which is more... I yeah. mean, it's been there before, but it's just rising up at the moment in London. Uh, yeah, of mm. queer queer bands and women in the hardcore scene that don't want to be in the traditional hardcore scene because we def- like, we're just not uh, welcomed. And and if we are, yeah. they, make, they make it clear that it's their scene and we're just allowed to be here. Like as if it were like we're not a part of it, we're just allowed in. And I think we, yeah, yeah. I mean I definitely want like and Shin Daggers and all the bands like Gender Welfare, we wanna have our own scene. Like this is where mm. we belong. This is us. And yeah, and we're not like all the queers, all the women are are in the scene. And we don't feel like we're supposed to to work hard to get in or I don't know yeah it's just somewhere that we feel comfortable I guess yeah yeah and I think that's that's the thing like you kind of hit the nail on the head is that I think going back like five maybe ten years ago like if there if a band like Shooting Daggers was to exist then like it would probably be the local support for so, so whatever band sort of thing but like to get anywhere of note so to say you'd have to work like 10 times as hard because you're like women and queers and, and things like that but as you say and I'm not saying that you're not working as hard now but obviously now where there is a there is a space for for a band like Shooting Daggers to exist it's not like almost like the oh and here's this band sort of thing like there's as you've like listed bands like gender warfare yourselves death goals like here in in bristol we've got bands like gimmick and and things like that and they're all like really representative of that and you i think it's not just in london around the whole uk there's this real like excitement around 
that sub subgenre of hardcore at the moment. And I don't, this isn't really a question. It's just yeah. more me saying like I'm excited to see it, and I think that more bands need to have those spaces to thrive. And I think by people seeing bands like yours, that it will give them that opportunity, and they'll hopefully be influenced by people like yourselves to go out and do bands that aren't the the quote-unquote like yeah. all males all macho or we're gonna punch you in the face yeah. sort of style, sort of thing. yeah i mean thank you i hope that yeah i hope that it's making a difference and so obviously we've kind of spoken about when there was a point for you that you kind of realized the shift like with the Amol and the Sniffers mm-hmm. show and you said like the the EP kind of did bring, bring more sort of eyes and ears to to you as well um but I guess like throughout this this year in general like you've had like various like shows with like quote-unquote bigger bands and bigger names and things like that so I don't know but having those opportunities has it given you more of a drive and more of a focus to to push this as far as it can go yeah yeah 100 percent. and i think we even like yeah pushed it a bit too much and and we kind of yeah we were working so much that we kind of all had a break um a burnout you know oh, I, mean, right. I, I don't know because yeah. i was yeah like i don't know we we, we want to make it like we want to make it big we want to be a, a big band so yeah. um yeah, I think when we had this push, we were like, oh, my God, we need to, like, yeah, we need to keep going. We need to do all this. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes we need to, I don't know. It's just, it's hard when you're DIY to do. I mean, it's really hard to be DIY and get big. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, definitely, we want that still. Uh, and I think if we keep going the way we do, it, it we will get there. We will get there, yeah. Yeah. And... I've got to ask because I've had the opportunity to see you on the Axe Rash tour that you did um, in the secret, not so secret show that happened in Bristol. In the the tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously, like, I just want to get your perspective on that show. Like, how was it for you? Like, what was that experience? Because for me, it was just fucking wild. But I just wanted to get your perspective as someone who was performing. It was it was so honestly it was it was wild, and I'm glad we we played because I think after us the the police came and we yeah, had to go. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, it was I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, I want to do more shows like that, and yeah, yeah. band reading was super sick. Uh, Axwash too. I mean, Axwash are, are really fucking sick. And no, it yeah. was it was wow, it was sick. I just love when it's really DIY and we're literally playing under a bridge, uh, in yeah, the dirt yeah. with a generator to, to put the the amps on. It was it was so fun. Honestly, I loved it. I mean, obviously, yeah. Because the... oh, like, um, I was gonna say obviously the sound was shit, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's I don't know. It's just the energy. Oh yeah, I I do remember that there was the crowd was kind of shit though. Uh, some people were very annoying, and people were kind of. Yeah. I remember I kicked a, a man uh, in the eye. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the first time I, I had to do it. Like, I never did it before, but it was really satisfying. I really loved it. <laughs> I would do it again. Yeah, because uh, 
because I remember because I was so from where you were I would have been like behind you to the left um and I remember like I can't remember what song it was but there was a song that you like said like women and queers to the front and like people did move and then there was that there was that one guy who kept like just getting like in your Mm -hmm. face and I even like I was obviously I'm not you but even I was getting annoyed I was like this dude is fucking winding me up and then you did that and I was just like I turned to my friend I was like that was fucking sick yeah yeah honestly that that was great that was yeah it felt great and I remember the um, the singer of menstrual cramps was at the front too and she was she just kicked this guy like she was so cool so badass I think yeah thanks to her the guy left at some point yeah 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 she's such a a baddie but that's the thing I think like because obviously that started at like what midnight or one o'clock or something wasn't it um so I think a lot of people had because bad breeding had actually played another show like at a venue that night um so I think by the time obviously everyone had got to the tunnel there was a lot of alcohol and a lot of drugs had been had and so I think yeah it was it was a weird because because I'm like I'm straight edge so for for me like being surrounded by everyone like a lot of people gurning their Mm-mm. face off and being drunk whilst i'm trying to enjoy music i was like this is this is a yeah. weird vibe and a weird setting to be in yeah, but, yeah it was very strange. yeah i think that was the punks picnic just before in bristol oh yes it was yeah that was yeah. the other thing as well yeah yeah because there was like there was like four or five oh, different okay. things happening in the city that day it was just mental yeah yeah, yeah, that's true. People were really, really drunk, and it was kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't drink yeah. either. Like, I'm, I used to be straight age too. Uh, I broke age, yeah. and now I, can, I guess I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm not straight age, but I could be. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I kind of get it. Like when people are very drunk and annoying. I don't know. It's just annoying sometimes because you like. Yeah, yeah. You see how annoying they are for everybody, and like no one is enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about that, because as you say, like the police turned up like just after yeah. you finished. Obviously, we were like we're all kind of like shepherded out and stuff. And I remember like helping carry mm. gear to to the yeah. gate and stuff before to get everything out. Did did the cops say anything to to you or Axe Rash at all um, or not? I mean, I no, I don't think so. I mean, if if they did, I wasn't no? there because uh. Uh, i don't remember yeah i just remember we just they literally opened the gates we took our gear back to the van and we left that's what happened but yeah i remember my my drummer was really like yeah she was stressing out the the entire night because she like like the cops arrived really early but they took ages to yeah kick us out and she was really stressed out because she didn't want them to take our gear or like that we had to pay pay a, a fine or something but literally nothing yeah. happened. I don't know if it's because I don't know why. Maybe it's just the British police that is nice. I don't know. And, yeah, <laughs> we'll go that far. <laughs> yeah, I mean nicer than in like Italy, I guess, or like other countries. But yeah, yeah, yeah nothing happened. I mean, maybe I don't know. I think no one, no one had issues with that. Like nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. fair enough. And um, and then obviously, like, kind of looking forward, as you said, like at the moment writing the the album so where are you kind of at with that in terms of looking to record and have you kind of got 
is it an extension of the EP? Have, are you addressing different themes? Like, what's the kind of vibe for for this record going to be? Um, we only wrote a couple of songs, so we're like, we're not done at all. Even though it would be nice right, to okay. to be done soon, because we, yeah, we, we, I mean, I want to play new songs for our set. I mean, all of us want to play new songs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I I know that I like we want it to be a bit. Yeah, to sing. Well, I want. I want to sing a bit more. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if I wanna. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I wanna write about the same issues. You know, I don't know if I wanna write about feminism or like being a woman, like just that. Like I, I want to talk about it still, but maybe not all the songs. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I have to talk about something else, I mean, if I want to talk about something else, I'm gonna talk about something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I don't want to be in this like. Yeah, in this label, in this bubble, in, in this bubble that they, you know, that we're a feminist band and that's it because we're we're a band first. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's what's gonna happen with the the album. I don't really know about the rest. Like we don't have enough songs to know how it's gonna be, but definitely more. I don't know, more singing, I guess, more melodic stuff. Um, okay, cool. I hope to have a great production. We don't know yet where we're gonna go, but I wanna have a lot of production on it, like sick, yeah, some some synths maybe. I don't know. We nice. figure, like I'm just saying that, but we haven't written anything with synths yet. So, <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. putting the ideas out into the but world. But definitely, I, I wanna. I'm very inspired by Turnstile for this one. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially time and space. More than more than the okay, one, cool. the one that they just released, uh, Glow On. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, just you know, stuff with good production and there is you know a bit more thoughtful, like a, a bit. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want for the next album. Uh, yeah, that's it. I think there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to say stuff that and then and then we're not doing it. You know, like, it might be the same shit. <laughs> it might be the, exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Badly produced. We don't know. We don't know how it's gonna be. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, just because you mentioned Turnstile, did you? Were you managed to get a ticket for their Brixton show? No, I've not. No, no, I've. Because I think. I think I'm not sure if they've done general sale yet, but I know the pre-sale ones have gone. Yeah, on already, I but... keep having ads everywhere, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they sponsored it so much. I <laughs> I see it all the time. Yeah. Um, but in, like, yeah, I don't. I just I I don't like yeah. I've I've been to Brixton like loads of times, and I just can't imagine them playing there. So it's more the like morbid curiosity and fantasy of like what. It, a turnstile show will look like at, at yeah, yeah, Academy. Yeah. yeah me too because i've only seen but, like yeah. yeah pop bands or pop artists there just, yeah, yeah yeah i mean i think it's gonna i don't know yeah. yeah yeah it's still gonna be wild it's still gonna be crazy but yeah, yeah definitely. i've seen them so many times that i don't know i figure out if i go or not but yeah yeah i'm i'm very much in the yeah. same boat now it's like yeah i've seen them enough times i don't need yeah, to see them. yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing even though they're like one of my favorite bands i don't know yeah i, yeah. I don't even know how much the, the ticket is like if it's 20 pounds then why not I but... 
Yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah. I did see, but I can't remember now. I mean, yeah, in the best world, like I, I'm kind of hoping that they would ask us to play. I don't think that I don't. Yeah, well, you no, never know. Never ask, but we can ask. And I don't know. We haven't talked about it, but I one one day we're gonna play with them. One day, maybe next yeah. year. Well, maybe, I mean, that's the thing. Maybe in a couple of years. I don't know, but yeah, one day I really want to. If you manifest yeah, it, it's gonna happen. I, isn't I believe it? So... that. I believe that hundred percent. So that's what that's kind yeah. of why I don't want to take a ticket because I'm like, oh, maybe I could I could just get paid to, <laughs> to be there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm kind of yeah, kind of dreaming because they probably have someone already. But um... yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You can. You've got yeah, to dream exactly. big with these things, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, and then just in terms of like other plans for for next year, like have you got anything else in in the pipeline that you can share, or is it still kind of like working out plans um, at the moment? I don't know if I can. Sh- I don't remember which gig we have we have announced for next year, but the yeah, ones we yeah. haven't announced, I'd rather not say. No, no, that's yeah. Cool, that's it's just because cool. I don't know if I if I can say it or not. But yeah, no, that's that's good. Cool. We are really gonna fine. play sick festivals, and honestly, I'm, like we're so happy about it. We've got good gigs for next year. Really good gigs. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, can't wait. Can't wait for next year. Brilliant. Well, before I do let you go, Sal, how I like to to finish things off is to ask my guests um, what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So what's your favourite Shooting Dagger song that you like to play live and why? Mm, live. Um, it's hard to know what is my favourite one. Like, I'd rather, I know which one is like the one I like the least, but... <laughs> okay. but the one I like the most, I would say. Um, oh no, I know, I know. It's Carnage. Carnage is my yeah. Because yeah. at the beginning, we've got an intro that's a bit like moody, but very slow, atmospheric, a bit doom metal kind of thing. And I just scream. Yeah, I just yeah. like shout in the mic with um, my delay pedal on, and it's kind of sick. I like that. It's my favorite bit of the whole set. I think. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. Well, Sal, thank you very much for your time. Mm. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I can't wait to see what what you have in store for, for next year and everything going forward. Hopefully, we'll see you again here yeah. in Bristol. We'd love to have you back. But yeah, thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you for your sick questions. And I had fun. It was, it was nice. I loved it. No, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you very much. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> cool. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to Sal for taking some time out of uh, her evening to have a little chat with me. Um, it's really exciting to, to hear that Shooting Daggers are writing new material, so it may be a little while down in the pipeline, but that's very, very exciting stuff. As always, if you want to keep up to date with what Shooting Daggers are doing, you can do so by visiting all their various social media platforms, which will be linked in the show notes. Um but yeah, as I say, we're, we're kind of rounding off towards the end of the year. We will have our Albums of the Year episode, uh, well, be recording this week, but we'll be out next week. And then I will probably be having a little break for the first couple of weeks of, of January, but we'll be hitting everything as per normal from probably mid-Jan. Um, so if I don't remember to say it in next week's episode, 
thank you for for sticking with us with this show i know i've kind of been a bit here there and everywhere with the podcast this year but i feel like i've kind of got momentum going behind it again now and i'm kind of feel reinvigorated so thank you for everyone that's kind of stuck with the show and supported the show um if you want to give an early christmas present give us some some reviews and some ratings on wherever you're listening to this too it'll be really really appreciative but as always whether this is the first time you're listening to the justin insight podcast podcast or the 228th it's really really appreciated uh so thank you for stopping by and i'll see you soon Bye.